Welcome back to another episode of Ales with Aslan, where we talk about the profession of selling. And in this particular week, we are going to actually take a turn and talk a little bit about the leaders that that uh, help those sales reps become more proficient. We're going to break it down into three main bite-sized chunks today. We're going to talk about leadership as a one-to-one environment where you really need to get to know the reps and what motivates them to really be successful. We're also going to talk about measuring success in four dimensions. Most people measure results and activity level. We're going to tell you that there's a little more to it. And finally, we're going to talk about the three hats worn by sales leaders, the leadership hat, the manage hat, and the coach hat. So sit back, relax, and get your favorite frosty beverage ready for Ales with Aslan. All right, welcome back to another episode of Ales with Aslan. And of course, there's that little S in front that converts that to sales because we, uh, well, frankly, we want the um, the keywords to appear in search engines. I mean, that's let's be honest, this is all about uh, getting clicks, isn't it? So I'm here today with uh, our president, Mark Lampson. And you know, before we get started, Mark, we have to stick with the whole theme yeah, of our of our podcast, which is uh, we got to crack open something cold and frosty. Modified theme. I mean, it says ales. Technically, I think you're holding a lager if I'm looking at that correctly. But is uh, that what that is? I don't know. So I think it's the lighter stuff. Yeah. Well, because of my, you know, Bud Light episode a couple of weeks ago, um, I'm going to go ahead with a an Amstel Light today, which I think is, you know, it's important to to understand where this is coming from. This is from Amsterdam, inspired, enlightened, free of inhibition, and full of life. I mean, if that doesn't describe me, I, I don't know what does. So I'm going to crack that open right now and give myself a little pour. It looks good. Now, do you think our listeners realize that you were reading that versus my regurgitation of the Budweiser sort of label the other day? Or I I want to be clear on that. Well, why don't we have them drop a comment down below and say, you know, which one sounded better? Now, there are plenty of comments on your blood like pour, <laughs> that's for sure. What are you cracking today? I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a Rhode Islander, as you know, and you are too, but I just am partial to the local stuff. And so I have a flying Jenny extra pale ale from uh, gray sail brewing in rhode island it's an extra pale ale a uh, nice picture of a sailboat uh it's easy drinking and uh this is truly an ale gonna give that a pop open and uh put this in i know my cup i know my cup says actually ufo on it which is maybe i'll have that next time but uh that looks good have look at that's effervescent yeah that looks uh, really good it's uh it's noon somewhere is what i say you know so let's have some mm. That is so tasty. Oh my gosh, what a great way to start the day. A little too much head on that one, but I think that's anybody all right. really knows what time it is when we're recording this. No. But anyway, so gosh, it's so great to be back uh, with everybody uh, for another episode of Ales with Aslan, where of course we we spend a lot of time talking about things that are helpful to those that sell as a profession. But today I really wanted to take a strategic turn and talk about those that lead those that sell for a profession. So we want to really talk about leadership. Um, the last couple episodes, we've been very focused on the rep level and uh, we turn our attention to those that manage the reps. So uh, Mark, I know I know change happens on a one-to-one basis and we talk about that a lot within within Aslan, but what does that really mean to you when, when you talk about change happening one-to-one? Well, it's a good question. I mean, leaders are the true catalyst. We're a sales training company and so we go to clients and we develop customized training unique to roles and train clients and workshops and digital learning and lots of things to get learners to embrace what they need to improve and experience a better way to do that and execute and practice. 
But at the end of the day, the real change, the sustained change in people comes from a one-to-one relationship with their manager, leader, coach, fill in the gap. Um, You know, if you think about that, you can test that to be true, but think about the changes you've made in your own personal life, uh, professional life along the way, whether it's a parent or a coach uh, or, you know, in high school or in college or your boss, you know, and if you're a sales rep or a sales leader, you have a leader Uh, and your decision and your actions and your behavior changes is, is it's a largely influenced by the, the person you're working with or for, or some mentor. So, Change does happen one-to-one, and it's an important piece of any sales transformation. Yeah, and, and so, I, you know, and I know we've talked about this, uh, maybe not in, in podcasts yet, but in, in conversations, that the problem is really the way we measure uh, a successful leader or a successful coach, a successful manager. And I've heard you say that, you know, most companies, most people measure in two dimensions, but there's really more to it than that, isn't there? Yeah, there is. Uh, sales managers that I see uh, measure in, in 2D or two dimensions. They measure results. Uh, they measure sales. Everyone sees the sales report, the daily sales report. It's on the chalkboard at the car dealership. It's everywhere. And you're seeing ultimately what salespeople are responsible for. And it, that's good. Uh, the other thing they measure is typically activity level. I want to see salespeople busy. I want to see how many calls they make, how many meetings they're on, how many proposals can they get out in a weekly basis. And that's maybe half right. Uh, but there's there's really a big miss because really there's there's four things they should be measuring. Um, and, and although that seems like it's a lot and it's complicated, it's just the truth of what ultimately drives the needle or drive, drives the dial. Uh, we talk about results being the ultimate goal, and that's that's typically in sales what it is. It's the revenue, it's the profitability, but it's one or two key things that says you're making your number. But what's important is to understand when the results aren't there, because being a leader of a team who's making their number is pretty easy. Yeah. And it's fun. I would imagine. And uh, you make money and everyone likes you and then you're rewarded next year with a bigger quota. And that's for another podcast. But uh, in the meantime, you know, when they're not hitting their number or when an individual's not hitting the results, the question is, what do you do? Where do you focus? And so that's where the other three dimensions really live. What drives results? And those three dimensions are desire, productivity and competency. Uh, or you might substitute competency with capability, depending on what type of organization you're in. Desire being what? The rep's motivation to change, to improve, to do what's required, to to change their approach, to, 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 to do the things that they need to do. And it comes down to, you see these people, it's the attitude that they have, their willingness to be a team player. Then there's productivity. Very different than activity, and we'll talk about that in a minute. Uh, activity is just busy work, but productivity are the things uh, we would call metrics that matter. And then lastly, there's there's competency or capability, the ability to actually do your job, whatever sales role you have, and there's lots of different roles, but do you actually have the skill set developed to be able to, to do the things that are going to get the results? So, so a true catalyst, as we would use, is the word we use with managers, measures and improves all four dials results and that's the dashboard is desire productivity and competency so if i if i kind of think of this in in terms of visually the end game is to get results right that's the same in any kind of selling it's in, in any kind of you know competitive sort of environment but what you're saying what i think i hear you saying is 
we've got to measure at a at a layer below that where it's 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 not only uh, my desire to be successful as a sales rep. Do I have the horsepower, the capability to do that? And then am I willing to do the things, the activities that matter, the metrics that matter to, to make myself successful, right? So why don't we why don't we talk about each of those, just I'll call them dials, um, uniquely and how do we uh, you know lead, manage, uh, coach our way into each of those? I'm sure there's different things as leaders we need to do to, to make ourselves and our reps successful in each of those environments. Sure. Yeah. You know, again, lead, manage, coach, those are the three hats a catalyst wears. And the reason it's important to understand those three hats uh, and the three dials they turn, right? A leader turns the desire dial, a manager turns the productivity dial, and a coach turns the competency dial, is that if we're, we're trying to turn the wrong dial, nothing's going to happen to results. Uh, for those sales leaders that are listening, how many times, one of the most frustrating reps to, to lead or to manage or to coach uh, <laughs> who works for you uh, is the person you spend time coaching and you try to help, and you listen to sales calls, you go on meetings and you give them feedback and they shake their head and that sounds good and they don't do anything differently. And that's frustrating. Uh, and so, you know, we want for people more than they want for themselves and, you know, vice versa. So, so you're really trying to coach someone or you're trying to improve someone's competency who really has a desire issue. I mean, if people aren't responding to coaching, it's a lack of motivation or desire. Or I see lots of, lots of managers, again, managers are measuring in 2D. So they're measuring that activity. You need to make more sales calls. If you doubled your sales calls, you would double your results. Well, Maybe, but but maybe not because if the sales calls aren't effective. And and Bob, by the way, part of the reason you're not making more sales calls is you're not comfortable doing it. You know you're not good. And so you have a competency problem. The point of this is being able to measure and, and look at which dial should I focus on is, is half of the battle. I mean, you know, figuring out the problem is, is, is a good start. And when you try to focus on the wrong dial, you end up spending a lot of time, energy, frustration, uh, there's a, there's a there's an erosion of trust and your rapport and the relationship over time, and you don't move the needle. But but on the other hand, this can be a very positive thing. We're focused on all the negatives, but think about the times that you've had a manager or you've been a manager of someone that's you've made a change. You've made a change in what they do uh, professionally or even personally, and usually it's a combination of both and what that feels like. Uh, when they stand up on the desk for their promotion ceremony out to the field and they hold up their bag and they say, you know, I really want to thank so-and-so because without him or her, this wouldn't have happened. And this is what they told me and they pulled me aside. And so that's where the reward comes from. And I think if we break these down, we can sort of help them get there. So you, you really mentioned kind of the the first dial, so to speak, of desire. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I I can envision, and and in my past, we've all we've all sold for a living at one point, and you you see the people that just don't seem to care, and I think the way you measure how much they care is do they actually do the work that you've given them to 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 improve and and become more successful, and I think, you know, one thing that I'm I'm thinking as I'm looking at this is you know managing, leading, coaching, it, it is one person's job to do that. That is. That is the guy or the, the the person that's in charge of the sales team. That is their role. Is it possible that this is overwhelming or is this really just stuff that's in all of us that we just need a, a better sort of format or system or 
structure around how we do that. Yeah, it's it's. Uh, I think it is in us. Yeah, there there are a few dials, and I think everyone manages. When we go to clients, everyone's managing. And and today, it's it's easier to do that. You have reports at your fingertips. Too many reports, maybe, but you can Probably. see where people are and how much they're doing. And so, you know, the, the real focus and the real lift is when you're you're you sort of understand how to measure and improve desire and competency. Let, let me let me back up to desire, yeah, uh, and really say what does that mean? I mean, it's motivation. It's talking about you know motivation, and and to really understand this, you can kind of go into uh, into the the I'd say you know middle middle school years when grades are important, but the teacher's job, if the teacher's job is to coach and improve someone's competency or, or knowledge. Uh, they do that through assigning homework. So the teacher picks the homework. They assign the homework and send it home. What they look for is a participation grade or an effort grade on the homework. You put in the effort, you're going to learn. Did you just do the work? Learn the information, yeah. right? And so when you send a kid home with 20 minutes of homework and they come back every night, every day without it done, and they fail the test. Well, that's not a knowledge or a competency problem. That's a desire problem yeah. to not sit there and do the homework. And the same thing is relevant to salespeople. Yeah. We all have sales teams. You have salespeople that have low desire. Uh, we would measure it as their response to coaching and feedback. You should do this. I agree I should do that, but I don't do it. My dog ate my homework. I didn't have time to write those five questions. I don't have time. You told me to do something else. And so as a leader, what do we do? Uh, you know, the, the, because the, the challenge there is, is getting, I, I guess the million dollar question is, is everybody motivatable? Uh, you know, that's whatever was that. Can yeah. we motivate everybody? Yeah. We, we believe everyone's motivated by something, you know, something that's important to them, something that's important to them personally, something that, uh, and, and if they're connected to that, they tend to be more motivated. The problem in sales is the motivation is, the boss. Yeah. Do it. Hit your number. Do right. it because I said so. I need to get my bonus up. I need to get bigger numbers. And so when I'm doing something, even though, yeah, I make more money, believe it or not, there's a lot of people not overly motivated by money. Sure. Salespeople are in the profession because they, to a certain extent, control their own income. But it's usually something bigger than that. And uh, when managers are just talking about sell more and you got to make your number because that's what corporate's asking us to do or that's what a senior management's asking us to do, for some people who are pleasers and rule followers, that's fine. Yeah. For a lot of others, it's not enough. You need a reason. And so the first part of really being an other-centered leader is really figuring out what is it for them. This is back to that whole one-to-one -one relationship, right? You've got to connect at a level where you truly understand what that rep, what's important to that rep, right? Why do they come to work every day? And it's probably not to just please the boss. It's probably because they have a family or something they want to save for or something they want to do, right? So it's it's individual to each person on that sales yeah. team. Yeah, so let's make this tactical for a second and give people something they can use. Uh, remember, we're starting with the results aren't there. And then we say, well, why not? Is it desire, productivity, or competency issue? So yep. if it's a, if it's somebody response is responsive to coaching and feedback, it's it's not a desire problem. Go coach them. Or if someone's just not, you know, hitting the goals for, for, for dials or meetings, you know, spend time there. But if it's, you see this consistent lack of responsiveness to, to feedback and improvement, it's a desire issue. So we got to back up and connect and we got to figure out, and we have to start with What's their personal goals? You know, in 2019, uh, I know sort of digging into people's personal lives is, you know, I know there's a lot of PC and what you can talk about, but you can certainly always ask. And if someone doesn't want to 
go there or talk about their personal lives or what's important. That's, that's not required. But the most effective leaders create a safe environment where they can say, talk to me about what's important to you. And I'll, I'll share a story where I was at a client this past year and uh, we were talking about this topic and and uh, he shared a story where had a, a rep who was competent when they when they applied themselves and you know hit the productivity goals, but there wasn't a consistency. They never really made their quota, underperforming, and finally sat down and says like, "What's important to you? Like like why do you care about all this? Well, you know, I want to make money and do well, but yeah, why?" And when they really unpacked it after a five or ten minute conversation, he said, "You know." My mom has always wanted a house with a semicircle brick driveway. That's what she wanted. And he says, he says, she'll never be able to afford it, but I want to buy her that house. He said, okay. So they went to a spreadsheet. They literally backed up and went to a spreadsheet and said, what's that house going to cost? It's yeah. going to cost this much money. How much more do you need to sell to do this? And just was a math problem. And so whenever they met, whenever they talked about making more calls or going to the train or spending extra or whatever, they just kind of would revisit that spreadsheet. You're getting closer to the brick house. The, you know, they literally had a, a a house with a brick driveway, like as a picture. They would yeah. look at magazines. And 12 months later, they did like 150 percent of quota. And and six months after that, he bought his mom a house with a half circle brick driveway. That that's amazing. Just having that picture along with the math to get there, this guy was able to achieve his goal with the help of uh, the leader that, that that took the time to yeah. understand what his his yeah. ideas were. Yeah. So the takeaway there is, yeah. do you understand what drives your people? Everyone's motivated by something. Maybe they want something. Maybe it's not something materialistic. Maybe it's more time with their family. Maybe it's less stress about making their number. Maybe they want things to be easier. But whatever it is, the most successful leaders start with what's important to the person and connecting doing well in this job and doing these things. How do you connect doing that to whatever the goal or the motivation is? And, and it's not going to, it's not going to work a hundred percent of the time. No, no, nothing does. But, right? uh, but it certainly can bring some of those people who might be C players and get them to say, yeah, I'm motivated and start to move them over. So that's other centered leadership in a nutshell to help drive desire or motivation when that's the problem. So let's assume now that we've got a person that's motivated and interested in trying, and now we've got to start to think about not just measuring the top line, the revenue piece, but what are those other metrics that matter? And now I, you know, I think we're moving into that second dial you talked about, which is really that productivity, uh, the important things, the the meaningful activities that a sales rep can engage in. There's a difference between the difference between activity and productivity is is best, I think. Uh, best understood through a, through another story with another client. Um, activity is number of sales, number of calls. I want you to make 75 out dials a day. It was an important thing to the customer. Uh, you know, VB had, VP had grown up in the, the old school days where there was no real internet. You just banged the phone, you got a phone book and you pound it away, yeah. uh, which is fine. It's completely successful, built a company of a ton of respect for the person. Uh, it became the thing. And at the end of each day, if you know you didn't hit your 75 dials, you kind of got a, a nasty note. So I'm at the client. We're listening to a recorded phone call. Uh, this was a technology firm. And he gets the, the he's making outbound cold calls. And he gets the CIO of uh, a, a, a big university on the phone, answers the phone, the CIO of a university, which is like a one in a 10,000 chance. Yeah. And he starts talking and they talk about, this is going back a few years, but he said, yeah, we're, we're, we're thinking about implementing a 
outdoor wireless initiative. And I'm glad you called because it's it's something I'm really thinking about. And this is exactly what this company did. So yeah. I'm like, oh my God, this is great. This is like a whole, this is two years worth of this, this person's quota. So we talk and they're talking and say, yeah, I'm glad this is good. And well, somewhere in about 12 minutes, like all of a sudden there's a switch that flips and the reps, you know, and then again, this is not, if this was, if this was live, I would have jumped in and picked the phone up, but it was recorded. He said, well, Joe, it sounds like, you know, you're in the early stages. So, you know, keep us in mind. And when you get a little further, like, give me a call. And he hangs up the phone and he says, okay, take it easy. And the, and the customer, again, this is the CIO of a, yeah. a university. Yeah. And I said, like, you know, Steve, what did you just do? He yeah. says, yeah, I know. I really hated to hang that one up. But he says, it was, if you look at the time, it was three in the afternoon and I was way down on my call count. Oh, my goodness. So the activity drove him. So I just yeah. ask people to inspect your own your own KPIs or activity goals. Be careful what you're measuring. Yeah. Yeah. Like, because, because we never talked to the guy again, there was never, it just disappeared. And that was two years worth of this guy's quarter. So, so that's activity. Productivity is what comes from doing activity. And really this is where, this is your role as a manager and as a catalyst to work backwards and say, to, to close deals, you need to work backwards. That requires a certain number of proposal reviews, requires a certain number of presentations or product demos or discovery meetings you know, and even contact. So what we do is there's there's two simple things I'll just share about being an effective manager to drive productivity. Number one, uh, make it, make it simple, right? So that, so boil it down to a point system. Yep. We boil everything down to a point system and, and you can figure out the math. It's just math. But if a, if a, if a, if an email or a, a voicemail or a contact is worth a point, then a discovery meeting that lasts a few minutes is worth five points. And an online presentation is worth, you know, 20 points and an on-site presentation is 50 points, demo, whatever. But figure out what you have to do to get there and then say, at the end of a week, measure these on a weekly basis. Daily is too often. Unless you're in an uber transactional business, 90% of businesses should measure weekly. Uh, monthly is too long. Yeah. Quarterly, forget it. Daily is too quick because it just moves and there's meetings. But at the end of a week, sales reps should know I need to hit hundred points. Now there's a lot, this is where it's important. There's a lot of ways to get there because if I have nothing going on, I better be making, I better be making those 75 phone calls. Yeah. But when I have a conference call to prepare for, and I need to sort of take an hour or two to talk to the people on the call and do wrap up, that's half of my day. Yeah. And it's a really productive thing to do. So great. I'm not going to hit my call volume for the day, but I'm going to hit my points total for the week. So break it down to points, make it simple and just put that in front of people. Yeah. Second thing is, uh, make them accountable to themselves. It's not about hitting the number for you as the leader, as the manager, but it's about just in the beginning of the quarter or the year, just saying, do you agree these are the things required to get to your number? Yeah, I agree with that. Great. Then the, the, it's not about being accountable to me as your boss. Make the calls because I told you. It's about if you don't do that, you're not going to hit your number. Right. Right. If you're trying to you know, get in shape and you don't go to the gym three times a week, nothing's going to happen. So that's on you. Yeah. Uh, is a principle of accountability that says everyone needs accountability to do the things that we know we need to do, but we don't want to. Well, and you're putting some science behind it. And there's something measurable that that people can look at at the end of the week and feel like, OK, yeah, I was a little short. And, you know, that that's going to mean this in the future. I was overachieving this. That's going to mean, you know, some overachievement in my goals eventually. So that's that's really good. Um, and I and I know um, there's a third component of this that's really about the competency and that's really the horsepower the ability of this individual to do that and so 
how do you how do you manage or coach that? What's yeah. the, what's the the way we get about that? Yeah, and that's a you know that's a that's the third and you know uh, important dial uh, the ability to do these things. Uh, we call them competency. Some people refer to them as capability, uh, but it's uh, we we boil down competency or capability to three things. Uh, it comes down to talent, skills, and knowledge. That's what determines someone's ability to do something, whether it's play the guitar whether it's, you know, play a sport or sell. It's those three things. You have a talent. That's what you hire for. So you can't do a lot about talent. It's just what you have. Um, if you have a little lower talent or you have people in your team a little lower than maybe you'd like them to be, uh, you know, you need to compensate. You need to work harder. Uh, you need to work harder and do more and, and be more productive. And you just need to know more and be smarter. And I've seen lots of people be successful doing that. Uh, but then we get down into skills and knowledge. And uh, really, Coaches are all about giving giving reps the skills, and the knowledge should come from all the tools you have. That should be online learning. That should be go through. That's just getting information, regurgitating information. And so, you know, we all say we don't have enough time to coach. One of the ways to save some time is focus on the skill, not the knowledge. It's the reps' job to get the knowledge. Hey, here's where you you need answers to this product. Go find those answers. Go come back and tell me that you've learned that or go to the test. And you do that all on your own. I don't need to spoon feed you that. See, way too many managers who are in the coach hat wasting time giving the knowledge. Now, there's some knowledge that's not written and you need to share some of that. But just be careful. It's about skill. That's where a coach really earns his or her money to, to we call it, diagnose and develop. Watch and observe what skill, what, what behaviors are going on and figure out what's going to have the biggest impact on the results and then develop that person and improve that skill. If I go try to coach or improve my son's competency in the basketball court, I'm going to watch the game. When I forget that I shouldn't tell him the 13 things that I saw in the game that he did wrong, when I forget that, <laughs> uh, which isn't effective, I talk about one thing or I ask him, what did he think? You know, And we, we pick one thing. We pick yeah. one particular thing in the game, whether it's boxing out or whether it's foul shots. And then if we want to get serious, we talk, we take that week and we do more foul shots. We play games, we play horse and foul shots and have competitions and pick one thing at a time to develop those habits. So uh, there's a lot to to, to coaching. And, and given our time, I might suggest we sort of cut that off. And and uh, plus, my beer is just about done and it's slightly warm. And maybe we, we hit that in a week or so. Yeah, absolutely. So so just let me kind of summarize what I think I heard and and. Um, you know, it really comes down to leading a sales team is really best done on a one-to-one -one basis, right? I think, um, you know, no matter what you call yourself as a leader of a sales team, there are really three important components of, of that. There's the leadership piece, which really goes to the desire and helping the, the rep find their true motivation. There's the managing portion, which is really about those meaningful metrics and putting the right uh, uh, metrics in front of the sales rep. And then finally, there's the coaching piece and maybe, you know, arguably a most important piece, which is really sort of diagnosing and developing those individuals. So we've hit on those at a, at a, at a pretty deep level. I do think that there's there's room for more. Um, so I think we'll come back next week and maybe maybe deep dive and double click into a couple more of these. But uh, why don't we end this week with a... Uh, a final cheers. cheers. I enjoyed my Amstel Light. I hope you enjoyed your, what was it again? Flying Jenny. Flying, Flying Jenny. Jenny. And that's a Rhode Island based. Gray Sail Brewing. Yeah. Rhode Island, Westerly Rhode Island. I got to start drinking some local brews because yes. I'm, I'm all the way over in Amsterdam. But thanks everybody. I hope you had a great week with uh, Ales with Aslan podcast. Thanks for joining.
that was another great episode with Mark Lampson on leadership, where we covered leadership as a one-to-one proposition. We talked about how to measure success in four dimensions instead of the usual two. And we talked about those hats that every leader has to wear, whether it's the leadership hat, the manager hat, or the coaching hat. Join us again for another episode next week where we'll move into some of the additional areas of coaching and deep dive. So enjoy the beer, enjoy Ales with Aslan, and we'll see you next week. Thanks, everybody.